0: Well, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8 tonight. It is our joy to be with you all. And uh, uh, yeah, we always enjoy the opportunity we have. Uh, We do love your church. And uh, he's right, Brother Tyler's right. We we have a kindred spirit and philosophy and styles uh, are just so similar. Uh, They really are. And uh, so many ways. And uh, I've got a young staff as well. Great guys. I mean, we're talking at dinner time, just great guys and got a passion for the Lord and doing great things. And good to see this excitement for souls and missions. And I tell you what, if you're not excited about missions by the end of the week, something's wrong with you. Amen. Now, I gotta tell you right now, it is what the church is all about. Yeah. Uh, it's great to come to a beautiful building and hear great music and all that. I mean, that's all good stuff and that edifies us. It's part of the Christian life. You need it. But I got to tell you, the purpose is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is setting missions around the world. So you get saved and baptized. You get discipled. You get excited. and You go reproduce yourself. And there no better way than missions here and around the world. That's the way it is. And so we're excited about that. And I'm excited about your theme. Because uh, that hope for the world, Wow. Uh, It is what we need. Definitely so. So we're going to take a look at Mark. And as we take a look at Mark, uh, it's a great passage. We're going to look at just a few verses of what we're going to do. So if you don't mind, I usually stand to read. I don't know if you guys do that or not. If you're able to stand, we'll uh, we'll do the reading of God's word tonight. We're going to read a few verses. If you can't stand, you will not offend me at all. It does not bother me whether you stand or not. Uh, But Mark chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 34 is where we're going to be. And uh, we're going to read a couple verses here and jump right into it. I forgot to ask your pastor what time to be done. So it should be by 10. OK, good. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. It's good, good, good. Last place I was at preaching, they put a watch right here and it was broken. <laughs> Who does that? It's like saying sick them to a Baptist preacher. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's the same time. Amen. Mark 8, you should be at verse 34. And the Bible says, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Discipleship is the key of this passage right here. Verse 35, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel is the same shall save it. For what shall profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of the Father with his holy angels. Lord, be with us tonight. Help me to say just what you want me to say, Lord, and the words that you want these people to hear, Lord, from you. May your word be powerful and strong and passionate. And may it prick our hearts, Lord, to do that which you've called us to do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I love this. And we're going to talk about this and this discipleship. And really, this is, there's a couple messages in there. I'm going to major primarily on one aspect of it. But as I begin to look at this and I began to see some things. I, I looked up and I'm always interested in reading tidbits and facts and different things like that. And one of the things that costs, caught my attention was uh, 10 of the most expensive auction items of all time. Auction items of all time. And it was very interesting. Uh, most of these, I have no idea what they are. Uh, but I know they cost a lot of money, all I know. Uh, but some of you may know there's Pablo's Picasso's Boy with a Pipe. Someone paid $104 to get a picture of a boy with a pipe. I will draw one for you for a million. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay, that's how I'm thinking. And then there's Leonardo da Vinci's, of course, Codex Hammer. $30 million at, at an auction. $30 million. Oh, the Roman sculpture of Artemis and the stag, $28.6 million. A 405 yacht, now something I could use, amen, if I knew how to sell, but $168 million. I, I can't even fathom these numbers. $168 million. He goes down, there's a badminton cabinet for $36 million. What's that? Marilyn Monroe's dress for a million. Now, now we're getting somewhere special. Uh, the Witzel Bach Diamond for $23.4 million. Now you can use that. And now probably one of the best of all, Mark McGuire's 70th home run baseball, $3 million. I Am mean, I like baseball, but $3 million? No, it gets better. I save the best for last. It's not even the most expensive. $2.9 million this year. Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet. It's a tweet. It's called Twitter. He said some words. It was like this. I just opened my Twitter account. I'll buy it. $2.9 million. I mean, this is, I mean, it's crazy what people spend money on. No, seriously, it's crazy what people spend money on. We can go on and on and on about things that are out here. But I realize this. uh, One man's junk is another man's treasure. And the fact of the matter is we, we put different values on different things. It's just, it's just a reality. There's things I value that you don't value. I have several, just talking from material things, probably the most valuable thing I have from material thing I carry with me in my wallet You all won't appreciate this, but I'll share it anyways. Uh, Some of you, you're just not going to get it. But uh, I have a Starbucks card. Yeah, I don't want to pack this crowd because you guys don't know what Starbucks is. But anyways, uh, because I looked it up, you don't have one. I almost didn't come; it was that close. But anyways, and uh, but but I got this metal Starbucks card. I love it. It was it was a gift given to me. It had four hundred dollars on it. It doesn't now. And. uh, but uh, everywhere I take it, when I go to barista's at the Starbucks, and I show it to them and turn it in, they're like, whoa, that, that baby's heavy. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> and they're like, where'd you get that? I go, well, it's uh, the first ever Starbucks medal card. They only made 5,000, and I have one. <laughs> That's actually a true story. And I hold it like this, too. Everywhere I go, wow, that is so cool. I go, yeah, you know, uh, Kevin Durant probably doesn't have one of these babies. Oh, yeah, LeBron James, they ain't got nothing on me. They may have gold cards. But, anyways, I've got this, and it's really cool. Yeah, for you that don't drink coffee because you're not saved yet, uh, but, anyways, uh, for those of you in there, you don't understand. And for someone who doesn't like Star, but hey, it was just an illustration, is all that it was. <laughs> Fine, Dunkin' Donuts, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you see, some of you are looking at that going, ah, I can't stand Starbucks. That means nothing to you. You said, so in other words, value to me, not value to you. And we have sentimental things the same way. I'd go into your house, you'd show me something, go, isn't this cool? And I'd go, yeah, I'm partially lying. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> OK, just I mean, it's OK. But in other words, it just changes. We had a auction and we had a guy pass away and donate his house to us. Don't get excited because <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I was excited when I heard about it. Oh, you're going to donate a house? And I went and walked through it. I'm like, burn it down. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. We got $9,000 out of the house. You can just put all the pieces together what that house looked like. So we sold it and really had all this stuff inside. I wanted to throw it away. And a guy in staff said, a no, preacher, we can sell this at an auction. I go, to who? No one's buying. I'm serious. They, they gathered, the auctioneer gathered boxes of papers and put them out in boxes and sold them. He had old tools and toys and stuff. And I'm like, I'd never buy this. It's junk. So we had a big old auction, went all day long. At the end of the day, how much did the house sell for? We got $11,000 out of this stuff in his house. And there is not one thing I would have bought. I'm going to help you. I didn't buy anything. You say, why? It was all junk to me. But the other people are like, this is good stuff. This is great. Why? It was valuable to them. And, And I thought about that. And I thought, man. We all have a value system, do we not? And it's going to be different. I don't know what liberal Kansas value system is, but the fact of the matter is each of us have a va- that which is important to us, that which is valuable to us. And the fact of the matter is we get into this passage, Jesus is telling the disciples what is valuable. He really is. And he's talking about discipleship. And now I, I need you to get this first part. When he talks about after you get saved, you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 14. I want you to get the context here. He said, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Hey, when you get saved, can I help you? Jesus deserves to be followed. Now listen, Jesus deserves to be followed. He saved your soul. Are you kidding me? The fact of discipleship is a natural part of Christianity. I wish I could preach that part of the message. It is natural to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. In other words, you deny yourself. It's not about the life John Waterloo wants. It's not about the life your brother Hall wants or what mom wanted for you, was it? No, when you got saved, you got the call, it changed everything. Everything went from, no, it's not about me. It's about him. Man, we follow Jesus is what we do. And so the fact of the matter is when we say, hey, it's about him, we deny. And then he goes to verse 35. Look at this. For whosoever will save his life will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospel is the same will save it. Wow. Now he says you'll deny yourself and you're going to lose to win. I'm a tad bit competitive. Tad bits, probably the wrong word. Um, I have a competitive streak that I've had to control over the years. If we're playing a game, I plan to beat you. But you're the pastor. I still plan to beat you. Uh, When I was dating my wife, we played chess in the student center. I beat her like five times in a row. I did the, you know, four or five move, chest put move. Then I took every piece but the king. Then I took every piece but a pawn. It was just so much fun. And uh, (laughs) until she got mad. But anyways, uh, when my associate's wife came, we were playing volleyball at the church and uh, we were losing. And when I was young, I was very athletic and you can't tell now, but anyways, uh, (laughs) fast, athletic, we were losing and I got tired of that. And so the church function, I took over the game. And I start jumping in front of my associate's wife. She tells the story to this day. They've been with me 23 years. That's how bad it is. But uh, I literally, I'm jumping in front of her. I'm like, we got to win the game. You got to win. I like to win. (laughs) By the way, we won the game in case you're wondering. (laughs) My relationship with her has never been the same, but we won. Okay, and that's what matters. And we get in our mind. And if you're like me, I I like to win. So when I I read something like this, he that will lose his life shall gain it. And he that will save his life will lose it. What? In other words, this reverse philosophy, says this. The only way that I win is if I lose. That don't sound fun. But basically what he's saying here, when you become a Christian, it's not about winning in this life. He's saying it's about winning in that life. And you can actually win it both lives by what? Losing your life. Well, now you're confusing preacher. Well, welcome to class. What do you mean? We'll put it all together. I'm to deny myself and just follow Jesus. And to the world, it's going to look like you're losing. But can I tell you? You're winning. You're winning. No, no, no. I've been preaching in Puck City for 34 years, and I've not lost. I've won. No, I'm serious. I've won. Oh, you got a lot of money? (laughs) I'm a preacher, really? (laughs) Now, I see those guys on TV. Quit watching TV. (laughs) You know, I mean, you got a lot of stuff? No, 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 no. Are you real famous? (laughs) No, no. What do you have? I've got Jesus. Because I got Jesus, the world may stamp on me. You're a nobody, you're nothing. No, but you don't understand. I got something more important than that. I've got salvation and I have Jesus. I've got everything. In other words, again, I tell you, I'm winning. Yeah. No, you may, may look like I'm losing. I am winning. And I love that. Yeah. And the whole passage here is Jesus getting all disciples saying, hey, don't be looking at the world. and Don't be trying to do it the way the Pharisees have done it. And if you look before and after, you'll see all this context here. Don't go that way, but do this. If you'll follow me. And you'll get rid of your thoughts and you'll get rid of the way you're thinking right now. And you'll be willing to lose, lose the way you think and lose what the world says. And you'll follow me. Are you ready? You're going to win. Yep. That's a really good message. I wish I could preach it. Instead, we're going to focus on that one point right after it. What do you win? And why are we in this? And he goes on to say this and don't miss it because that's what I want to speak about tonight for just a few minutes. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? These words were on purpose. Winning, profit. Not only do I like to win, I like profit. You say, what do you mean? Well, exactly like I lose. You know, I, I really don't. I really get a gain out of something. I kind of evaluate what I do by what's the profit. Oh, I'll stop real quick. You probably do too and don't even realize it. For instance, in your mind, it's like, why are we going tonight? And you didn't say these words, but the thought might be, what's the profit? You may put it your turn. What's the benefit? You know, what am I really going to get out of it? What are my choices? And bring me through your mind, it's like, I can be watching TV. I can be sleeping on my couch. I can be drinking a Coke Zero. I can be in my recliner chair. There's so much I can be doing. You know what I'm saying? And your mind goes through that exercise. And then hopefully it settles on, wait a minute, we're at the missions conference. The best thing we do all year. Amen. And so you're like, oh, I got the prophet here, and I'm going to be tired. Man, can I tell you, man, you come in all week. Man, thank you for that. And I get it as a preacher. Your pastor gets it. You're going to be tired. You're working all day, and I'm telling you, your body's going to be wore out. Middle, you're going to be wore out. you got to listen to some guy you don't even know who's got ADHD, and they never told me about it. You know, and you're going to be sitting there going, oh, am I going to get anything from this? And I'm going to tell you something God will always make sure you get something. Amen. In other words, there's a benefit. Man, if you didn't get anything out of the music, like I said, you were benefited just by the music. And now you're here, in other words, there's going to be a benefit. But sometimes we got to go through that exercise that says, what's the profit? What's the benefit? Everything I do, really, what, well, why am I doing this? What am I going to gain out of this? What, what's going to happen in every area of my life, from my finances to my family? What's the benefit? As well as, if I decide to do something bad, what's going to happen? You ever think like that? You should. <laughs> I'm always like, well, so if I do that, what's the profit? What's the benefit of doing that? Huh. So if I go out and get drunk, I'm pretty sure pastors aren't allowed to get drunk, right? I'm there somewhere about that. OK. I'm pretty sure that could affect my ministry. And I'm pretty sure. pretty sure my kids would be like, Dad? My wife would be like, what's going on? My church was like, you're fired. <laughs> There's a whole, you know what I'm saying? I don't plan on that. I don't like alcohol. <laughs> but, but I'm just telling you, your, your mind goes to. the, well, so preacher, why don't you drink? What's the profit? Right, right. And, uh, what, what do I get from this? No, seriously, and, and I'm not exaggerating. My wife will tell you, I have zero desire for alcohol. Because uh, when I was a kid, I had alcohol. I grew up in a great family. Mom and dad would feed me alcohol. No, true story. I got to try beer, wine, and had a couple sips and came to this conclusion. That's the yuckiest stuff on planet Earth. My parents don't try this, please don't. It just worked on me, but that wasn't their purpose, right? Uh, They were just alcoholics. But anyways, and uh, so I drank a couple, and I am That's that's who drinks this stuff? They go, it's an acquired taste. No, no, I don't think so. And to this day, I watch people that go through that life and get addicted, and what it brings them. And I'm seriously, and I'm like, I don't want that. Amen. No, no. He says, "What's your profit?" In other words, he's saying, "Listen, you're going to deny yourself." You're going to take up your cross, and let me tell you why. What's the profit? So, what's the benefit? you me I'm going to win? How do I win? Ah, well, let me help you with that. We're going to talk about it tonight. What shall profit a man? What shall profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, but he loses one thing his soul? Tonight, I want to ask you what is the value of a soul? What is the value of a soul? If you think about it, it's the most valuable thing you have. Yes, that's right. It's something nobody can touch or take from you. Right. They can beat us up physically. They can hurt us physically and emotionally. Although they can do all kinds of things to us. But can I tell you, they can't touch your soul. Right. No, they will. Can't. I, you could be tortured. And it we're the worst thing you can imagine because they can't touch your soul. No, that's something God gave us. It's a God-breathed thing in Genesis chapter 2. When God made man and woman, God breathed life into us. Man, he put right inside of us the soul. It is something that's amazing. When I think about the value of the soul, I think of this. There's nothing more valuable on planet Earth than the soul. The soul of mankind, my mind, my will, and emotions, that part of me that's inside of me. Oh, it's amazing. My soul and spirit, there's just so much to this. We could give you all the doctrinal, theological terms, but I'm telling you, you were made with a soul. It separates you from animals. It makes you different. Are you ready? It makes you eternal. You can grow up with a horrible life right now. I mean, a horrible life right now. And you find Jesus Christ, it changes everything. You became a nothing and now you're something. You had nothing to live for and no profit and no life. And you were abused, sold as a slave, whatever the scenario. But now it's changed. Why? Jesus came in. And he says, what is a profit a man? If what? I should gain the whole world, but... He says, he's telling his disciples, he says, here's a prophet. You're going to deny yourself. You're going to follow me. Why? Why? Because of your soul. Your soul. It's the most valuable thing you own. If everything else is stripped from you, it's your soul. My soul became united with Jesus Christ. My soul and spirit when I was 11 years old. The most valuable thing I own is not a Starbucks card. The soul. I'm going to tell you why it's so important because it's eternal. Right, right. It. It's eternal. In other words, crypto is going up and down. Yeah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've invested and you're happy, and some of you are really sad. <laughs> that baby's volatile, changing every day. But who cares? I'm saved. Yeah. Amen. Who, who cares? I'm saved. No, no, I don't think you understand. God said the value of this. Your value of the soul is, I will breathe into man and give him a soul. Is that part of you directly from God Is a part of God? Is the most valuable thing on planet Earth. I want to ask you what you're doing with your soul. Because, Folks, if you walk out of here tonight and you're a rich man or rich woman and you got everything going for you and you can buy what you want and do what you want, and you know not Jesus, you're actually the poorest among us. Because everything fades away. If you go to Psalms chapter 49, it's a great chapter. It talks about the wicked and the saved. And it gives a discourse there about the, uh, the wicked man living and he prospers. He puts his names on things. He lives high and haughty and living good. And then he dies. I mean, he dies. And it goes in there in about verse 7 and 8. The psalmist says this. Oh no, for precious is the soul. It even says there, you're watching the wicked men. We live in a very rich nation. You and I live in the richest nation on planet Earth. Everyone around us has got stuff. I mean, we have stuff. You have stuff. I mean, I get to go home. I sit in a reclining, a leather reclining chair with a TV, with a remote. I have heat and air. I have a fridge that's full. I live good. Man, if I want a Coke, I want I tea. Oh, it's good. It's just right there. I get irritated if it's not there. You know like what? We ran out? We didn't order any? What's going on? I mean, I mean, we live so good. Seriously, praise God for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. And we, we live in this life and we are rich people. I can tell you, we're dirt poor unless we're saved. That's right. It's worthless unless we're saved. Amen. What it profit What's the gain in that? If you own the whole world and you own liberal Kansas and you die without Jesus, that person you know is worthless. I've right. not driven around, but I'm sure like every town you have nice houses and then you have not so nice houses and then your house. And uh, so you go there and uh, we drive to the nice house. Oh, oh, man, they're so lucky. Look at that big house, that big car. And I'm not attacking that. I'm just saying our value system is messed up. Right. And you said, If God's blessed you that way, praise Jesus. Right. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying I, that's wonderful. I don't care either way about that. But if we're honest in our minds, we look at that stuff and say, wow, yeah. man, I wish I had that. And man, if I could invest in that house, man, it'd be so good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Our value system's off. We're off right now, and I want to help us get back on track. Because the goal in life isn't get as much as we can. We're already filthy rich. Mm. I guarantee you the poorest person right now in Fellowship Baptist Church is richer than the majority of the world. All the stats prove it. The poorest among us is living it up because we're in America. Problem is we compare to everybody else. But as believers, can I tell you? No, No, I've not told you anything new. I'm helping you out here just a minute. We get caught up in this world and we forget though. And our value system changed without us even realizing it. We begin to value things that really will pass away and have no eternal value. And I'm here to remind you at the first night of Missions Conference, very simple message. I want to remind you what it's all about souls. Amen. How valuable is a soul? Well, what did it cost? Good question. I just read a whole list of things people paid millions of dollars for, to be honest. I wouldn't pay a dime. Now, no offense, I'm not being mean. It's probably because I'm not cultured. Okay? But I'm not paying that much for a yacht. I'm definitely not paying you $2 million for a tweet. I'll give you a tweet and a buck. How's that? But two point nine for a tweet, I don't even have Twitter, but I'm thinking about getting it if you're going to pay me that money. Hey, I'll, like said, I'll take 100 bucks for the tweet. How's that? You know, I don't even need the money. You see, I mean, it's silliness to me the way our world's going and how we're valuing things. No, seriously. But if you want to know the value of things, our world would say, well, that, that boat, that yacht, that treat, and this house, and he's saying, no, no, but what does Jesus say? Well, what does Jesus say about the value? Go down and look at it. Don't miss it. He said, what shall man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 37. What do we give? In other words, what's more valuable? What would you trade for eternal life? Yeah. Now, this crowd would say, well, preacher, I, I would trade anything. You should. Would you give up your house, your home, your job, your career, your health for eternal life in a heartbeat? Sign me up. Why? It's Jesus. And why would you do that? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus told us what was the most valuable thing. Because the only thing that he died for was the soul. That's it. He came to seek and to save the lost. The lost what? The lost souls. Jesus Christ gave his life and shed his blood on Calvary. Think now this is God. God himself lived 33 and a half years. He so valued the soul. Are you ready? That he purposely allowed himself to be the sacrifice to save the soul. Let me help you. That means there's no greater value on planet Earth than the soul of a man, woman, boy or girl. No, no, no. There's nothing you could collect. No achievement you can have. Paul said in Philippians 3, 8, you go back and read that. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss, the loss according to what? To the world. Whom I suffer the loss of all things and do count them but dung. I love that. He says dung. I use that when I'm teaching teenagers about dating. I love it. Girl comes in. Man, I love him. He's so cute. This is the best thing ever. And then that relationship doesn't work out. She goes, I don't know, though. I still. what am I going to do, preacher? How do I break it up? I don't know how to do this. I'll help you. <laughs> Philippians 3, eight. She reads, she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, oh, yeah, let me explain to you. You need to value Christ above anything else. I know, but I, I really like him, so how do I do that? Do what Paul did. Anything that gets in the way of you and Christ, you look at him like dung. <laughs> you start looking at that boy like cow poop, it changes everything. <laughs> Changes everything. God made women beautiful, and guys like, whoa, she's so pretty. Changes if she's cow poop. Changes everything. That's all perspective. Oh, she's gorgeous, Tiggle. Oh, okay. Think I'm going to follow Jesus. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung. Paul, who had everything, gave it all up and said, I haven't lost." What are you talking about? Why? I'm fighting for souls. What do you think he did? He gave his life and threw everything away according to the world. And he became the greatest missionary on planet Earth. Amen. Wrote most of the New Testament. And at the end of his life said, I won. What did he win? He doesn't have any houses. Nope. Castles? Nope. Lots of money? No, he, he died poor. What did he have? I'll probably explain it to you this way. His value of souls has made him one of the richest men that will be in heaven. Did a funeral this morning for a man in our church. His name was Jim Warren. Jim had five kids. Um, Great family. He's got 27 grandkids, 55 great-grandchildren. That's crazy. I got one. You know. He was 86, so I have some time. <laughs> Passed away, so you start going through their lives. You start rehashing everything, and uh, I'm not gonna give you his life, we don't have time, but I'll give you one story from it because it applies to tonight. And we're just kind of starting this off, laying a foundation for you. But Jim was a giver, a phenomenal giver. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know exactly how much he gave. I- I'm not the treasure, I don't look at it. But listening to the family, and I knew him over the years. Uh, he was a very humble giver, but he was a large giver to missions. I mean, he loved missions. I, I mean, I'm crazy. Uh, he'd throw out $800 at a shot for a guest missionary coming in and may do that for a year for them and support them. And he would do whatever it takes. He's like, man, when he got burdened for something, he went all in. I remember this started years ago in the 70s. the family told me a story. He went down to Chile on a missions trip. So brother, thought be one of those missions trips. Showed up. Got a burden for the place. They had a youth camp. Problem is they didn't have any water. And they said, man, if we can just get a well built, it would change everything. He went back to the church. He's like, hey, we got to raise some money and got very little. So behind the scenes, him and his son uh, got the money together. Matter of fact, his son took out a loan. Son took out a loan and they built a well in Chile. They said they hit an artisan well, if I'm saying it right. Artesian, I'm sorry. Artesian well. Uh, And that was like almost 50 years ago. It's still active today. It was so good that people from the surrounding communities would come to get water. And they'd come to this Christian camp to get water. And every time they showed up, are you ready? The camp people witnessed to them. A missionary came through years later. Jim, I don't think, was even there, but his son was there. He was preaching at the church. He started telling this story that I'm telling you right now. He said, yeah, there's some of the church, some people got together. We don't even know who they are. And all I know is they built this well and, and the son was sitting out there and he knew exactly, he was the one who took out the loan, never said a word. He listened, he says, and they don't even know, but I'm talking not only are teenagers getting saved all the time and a church has started there, but all in the community have come. And when they come to get water, we come about the living water, Jesus Christ. Amen. And hundreds upon thousands, we've even lost count, have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I thought about this, and and here's a man of all that he had. And he had oil wells, and he had homes, and he had all this. But he just kept giving and giving and giving to missions. And his family never talked about any of that. Are you with me? I'm serious. They didn't bring up anything, but they kept telling me stories of people who got saved and lives who got changed. They said the most valuable thing to us is this. Not what our dad had, but the fact he invested it in souls. And there are people in heaven and that, that thing will continue to win souls and he's dead. Now, are you with me? He's dead. We had the service this morning. Okay. And I'm not being mean or rude, but I'm talking he's gone. He's with Jesus. And celebrate it. And can I tell you, his investment is still going. Amen. And he's accruing interest on that. Yes. And will continue until the day Jesus Christ comes back. Now think about that. Most of the things you and I buy, die, fade away. We give them to our kids. They blow it. No, but when you invest in souls, in souls, the most precious thing to Jesus is a soul, the most valuable thing on planet Earth. And Jesus said, so what would it profit a man if he gained everything and you lost your soul? Then you've really lost everything. But what would a man give in exchange for a soul? If I could, I'd buy my way into heaven, but I can't. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only way through. And we're sitting here in Liberal, Kansas and to kick off the missions conference because we have to slow down and stop. I want to impress one thing on you tonight. Mm. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And yes, yes, there's a lot in the Bible. But we can never lose the number one focus. His focus. Souls. And every dime you give, every dollar you give, you're not giving it to a church. You're giving it for souls. Amen. Amen. That's right. I'm just telling you. And until you get that, I don't know what I would say to, to get you there. I really don't. Until you understand the value of you, your kids, your grandkids, and everybody you know going to heaven. And when we really get serious and realize it's so important that we would do anything to get them there. And whatever the cost, I would pay it to get them there. And we realize, well, it's already been paid. Well, then what? What? God just asked of me that I get involved with this church body to send missionaries around the world. Can I tell you? It's the most valuable thing you'll do every single week. It's the greatest investment you have. I'm not going to lie, I've got a granddaughter. My wife's on board. If she caught a rare disease and got sick, I would go bankrupt. I would go bankrupt to find a cure. It's that simple. Money don't matter to me. My family does. And I'd try to find whatever we could. Well, actually, I'd pray, because that's the best way, Amen. Yes. But from a physical standpoint, I wouldn't blink at it. I really wouldn't. And I'd tell you that, because I'm just telling you, that's valuable to me. And you would know that by my actions. If I were to ask you how valuable souls are, I think all of us would say, pretty valuable preacher. So then I ask you this, so what's your investment in it? Because that really tells us the value. Everybody's different, amen? But all I know is this, I think if we're going to look at our lives, we have to say this. If the soul was so important to him, it ought to be important to me. And as a Christian, a disciple of Jesus Christ, man, I need to be involved. And I can preach like that because I have no idea what anybody's doing. I have no idea. Most of you, I know on a casual basis, but I know this we love Jesus, don't we? And we're glad we're saved, amen? amen? And I don't think you're on, here on a Wednesday night because you hate people and want them to go to hell. Fact matters, you love people and you want to see them go to heaven, amen? amen? So let me tell you, you're on the right track. What shall man give in exchange for his soul? Everything. So you get to bring hope to the world through your missions program this week. I pray you'll get involved. Amen. Let's stand.